it's Katie, your functional nutritionist. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I have for you a recording of the highlights from my Facebook Live talking about how to approach the flu season. We're going to discuss flu vaccine, flu treatment, and natural alternatives. If you want to download a quick guide so you have an easy reference for how to prepare for and get through the flu season, click the link in the show notes to download the guide. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Fort Worth Food Stories, a culinary school here in Fort Worth that is passionate about getting the local community involved more in food. So please check them out. They're in the show notes as well. Enjoy. So let's go ahead and get into our talk. So if you haven't already, download the notes um, that I created for you guys, the one-page PDF handout. The link is at the top of the comments there to where you can get that handout. Um, And I'm going to go into starting with the flu shot or the flu vaccine. So the word vaccine kind of has a lot of controversy around it. I'm not going to get into any of that today. I'm just going to talk specifically what does the research show about the flu vaccine. This comes with a caveat because there's really like no such thing as completely unbiased flu research because humans are not completely unbiased. So do we know like 100% sure if we look to the research, are we going to get all of our answers? We're not going to. But we can get some good you know, guidance. We can get some good information that's going to help us to take that plus what we believe about our health and our risk and all of that, and then you know, bring all that together to make the best informed decision. So um, I just want to make sure you, you kind of understand that we, we don't have the best research on flu vaccines. Um, it's not the highest level, but let's see what the research itself does actually say. So the flu vaccine is going to contain, in the United States, usually dead strains of the flu. So it's actually taking the proteins of the flu you know, virus itself and putting that into a liquid um, and then injecting that into the muscle. Now, there are tons and tons of strains of the flu, which is influenza. So there's influenza A and influenza B, and within those categories, there's you know H1N1 we've all heard about, H3N2, H2N2, there's all kinds of different strains of flu. So the problem is that every season, which strains are going to be the most predominant can change. So <clears throat> whatever um, strains are going into the flu vaccine, it's kind of a guessing game as to if we put these, you know, two or three, and now we have four strain flu vaccines, um, are, is that going to cover, you know, the four main most uh, predominating strains of that season? When they are matched, it does, you know, really reduce risk. When they're not matched, studies show that there's really no difference in those who get the vaccine versus those who don't. So that can make it hard to know, like, what, you know, the overall efficacy, because flu is constantly changing, the genes are changing, um, and the vaccine itself is changing. So if you say this vaccine is safe, well, they don't use the same vaccine the next year. (laughs) So it does make it really complicated to, like, say for sure whether or not something is safe, because it's always changing. Um, So there's a little bit of information there, um, just like what the flu vaccine is. Um, I am kind of curious for you guys, if you want to put in the comments, um, how many of you guys do get like the flu or flu symptoms every year? Um, And I'm also kind of curious, what month um, do you get it in? Because one of the impacts of the the flu vaccine is that it it can be protective 
against getting the flu, but after four months, then you actually have a 50% reduction in the strength of the flu vaccine. So typical recommendations are to get the flu vaccine in September. And so if it lasts four months, then that would mean around January, the 50, you know, the vaccine is going to be as 50% as effective. So I'm kind of curious for you guys, you want to put in the comments, do you tend to get flu symptoms each year or have you, um, you know, found yourself being around people with the flu and, you know, when in the year do you feel like that's most likely to happen? Do you feel like it's happening more in the fall or more so in the winter? Um, Because that can really change when, if you did want to get a vaccine, when you'd want to get that done. Um, So those are kind of quick stats just about the vaccine itself. Let's talk about its effectiveness. So how well does getting vaccinated work? And then we'll talk about the side effects, like what you need to know about it. Um, So in terms of effectiveness, again, it varies. So in the seasons where it doesn't match, the effectiveness technically would be 0%. No statistical significant difference in people who get sick or have to be hospitalized. And then in the years in which it matches really well, it's about 60%. So you'll see 60% um, fewer people who get vaccinated get flu symptoms and need to either miss work or be hospitalized. That's pretty good. Um, So when you take the average, there was a study that was done that looked at an average over 14 years of getting vaccinated. And they found on average, it's about a 41% effectiveness. So it will reduce... Um, flu complications or uh, sick days at work by about 40% in those who get vaccinated. To put that into perspective with our other vaccines, like, you know, uh, measles, mumps, rabies, all that kind of stuff, um, these things have over 90% effectiveness rate. So they're more like in the 95% range. And the flu vaccine is at 40%. Um, so that's one of the reasons why it might be a little bit more controversial. It's not mandated. It's you know not as um, predominant in our society that it gets taken. But that 40% is nothing, you know, not nothing, right? So like it definitely does reduce the rates when the strains match well. Um, the other thing is that when we do get sick, there's actually a very low likelihood that it's influenza, that it's the flu. The flu vaccine only protects against influenza. And 85 to 90% of our flu-like symptoms are actually coming from non-influenza microbes, like bacteria or other viruses. So we might be you know, taking that vaccine and still getting sick, and it's not that the vaccine didn't work, it's that we got sick with something else. Um, And we also might be like, I want to get this vaccine so that I don't get sick, but you're not protecting against the 85 to 90% of other infections that you might have. So each year out of the whole U.S. population, only about 10% of the population actually gets the flu. So I saw you guys, you know, making some comments in here that um, you might, you know, we've seen November, December um, are typically times where you're seeing people you know, getting the flu. And so it'd be interesting to see if they actually have been tested and shown to be positive. So that's, you know, something you want to try to advocate for anytime you do get sick. Um, don't just kind of get like a blanket treatment, um, but get tested and know what it is exactly that you had. And that's going to help you in your treatment process. Um, so 
uh, kind of summarizing the flu vaccine research is that overall 40% effectiveness rate, but we also have to remember that only 15, you know, 15% of people's flu-like symptoms is actually coming from influenza. Um, so then we look at, you know, that's the, the benefit, that's the possible benefit we can get, and we have to weigh that with the possible harms. So what could the harms be of a flu vaccine? Um, let's just first look real simple at economic costs. So, you know, that's one way that people evaluate whether or not a medication is worth it. And studies do show that it is always an economic burden because relatively fewer people get the flu. You know, everyone's getting the flu shot, but it's 85 to 90% of their symptoms are not coming from the flu. So because of that, less people are able to benefit from it. So even in the years in which it does match really well, it still is always a cost versus what it saves in people not getting sick or not missing work. So that's kind of interesting, um, but that's not how we make our decisions. But I just kind of you know throw that in there because I you know like just get all the information. So then, um, in terms of symptoms and side effects, so. Um, the flu vaccine has been shown to reduce overall symptoms of getting the flu um, and risk of, um, you know, getting hospitalized um, by about 40% in, in small children. So for those who are like six months to about four years old, um, typically what you're thinking of is like non-school age children yet. So they haven't been inoculated and their immune system hasn't been around a lot of viruses. Um, they might have more of like a 50 and some studies show 60% reduction in serious complications. We have to take that into consideration that very few kids actually do get really sick with the flu um, because their immune systems can usually help themselves. But it does seem to be even more effective in them. Um, so when we look at side effects, um, you're going to see about 10 to 25% of people actually getting side effects from taking the flu vaccine, and it is higher in children. So it seems to be more effective in helping children, but it, you're also more likely to have side effects. So that's going to be things like muscle pain, and this is systemic. So of course, like, I'm not going to count the side effects of the flu shot. Like, yeah, your arm's going to hurt, it's going to be red, that kind of stuff. But like, how is it affecting your whole body and your health? Um, so studies show that there is a, um, a high amount of systemic side effects. So uh, systemic muscle pain, where you feel like achy all over, um, headaches, uh, nausea, and then um, feeling sick. Which, so it's called malaise. So it's like basically what you would feel like if you had the flu. <laughs> um, that happens in at least 10% of everyone who gets vaccinated with the flu. So again, ring the, the risk, you know, the risk versus the benefits. Um, you're doing it to prevent the flu, but then you also might get the symptoms of the flu that just come from taking the vaccine. Um, so, but those things tend to go away. Uh, so annoying, not fun, you don't wanna experience it, but what about serious side effects from a flu vaccine? So for that, um, studies show that it is very, very rare. So we're looking at like uh, 10 per million kind of numbers, um, but they can be really severe side effects. So um, some studies show low blood platelets, nerve pain, um, in their muscle issues, and autoimmune disease to your nerves. 
And so this can be like paralysis um, or where your eye doesn't function like it should or extreme spinal pain. Um, and that can happen as a very rare negative side effect and it can last um, for more than six months after vaccination. So that's one of the reasons why vaccines can get a bad rep because there are these rare cases where someone does have an autoimmune response to the vaccine or the vaccine toxins damage the nerves and the body wasn't able to repair. Um, so because that's not ever shown in studies, we don't know the rate. So it's not like, you know, 1% of people will get these serious side effects. Um, these are just reports from people who've been vaccinated telling the company. Um, so the, that's your, your conclusion there of weighing that scale between risk and benefit. Um, so in terms of what you should do, should you get the flu vaccine? I am not going to be able to answer that for you. Those who are in higher risk categories could probably benefit more. So over age 65, asthma, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, uh, COPD, those are all some categories that are probably going to be able to benefit a little bit more because they would be more likely to have really severe symptoms if they got the flu. Um, and then let's talk about, okay, so you do get the flu, regardless if you got the vaccine. What do you do now? You go to the doctor and they prescribe Tamiflu. So if you were to you know, be offered Tamiflu, should you take that to treat your flu illness? Well, the interesting thing is that Tamiflu actually comes with a FDA required uh, uh, statement that they have to say that says Tamiflu has not been proven to have a positive impact on the potential consequences such as hospitalizations, mortality, or economic impact of seasonal avian or pandemic influenza. So the medication itself says, yeah, we haven't really been proven to help any of the like serious effects of this. <laughs> um, so um, let's look at what the research actually says and why that, that uh, label is required. So a big review that was done in 2014, looking at all the research, said that the uh, mechanism has not been proven because the Tamiflu was not shown to reduce hospitalizations, um, it wasn't shown to reduce pneumonia incidence, or to reduce the, uh, like the long-term impacts from having the flu, so like um, days off of work. And instead, so we showed on average less than one day of reduction of flu symptoms, so people got better in like 5.6 days without the Tamiflu and they got better in five days with Tamiflu. Um, and then it also showed really high side effects. So those who took Tamiflu, about 10% of them ended up not getting as severe symptoms as those who didn't take Tamiflu. But five to 10% of people who took Tamiflu got side effects from the medication. So nausea, vomiting, muscle pain, headaches, basically the symptoms of the flu. <laughs> um, so in terms of is it worth the, you know, the risk versus the benefit, um, you're almost just as likely to get symptoms from the medication as you are to get symptoms from the flu. So that one, the evidence is way less clear showing that there's really any benefit from taking a flu medication. So what are the alternatives? What can you do instead? Um, what are the, the natural things that we can rely on or that you can do in addition to getting vaccinated or conventional care? So I've got three big ones for you guys. Um, the first one is NAC, N-acetylcysteine. So with NAC, 
You can, it's an antioxidant, an antiviral, an anti-inflammatory. Um, studies show that it can reduce incidence of getting the flu by about 40%, which is similar to the numbers of the vaccine. And then it can, if you do get the flu, it can reduce actually having symptoms from the flu by 70%. So even better than the vaccine. Now, of course, it's not as much research as the vaccine has, so that still has to be proven to the same degree. Um, but that's pretty good numbers right there. And those who um, do get sick have, um, if you took the NAC, you were a lot less likely to end up with hospitalization or serious complications. If you didn't take NAC, you were five times more likely to have some serious complications from the flu. So NAC is awesome and it's really safe. Um, and then the second one is vitamin D. So, you know, what comes from the sunlight and that really helps your immune system to be strong. So the big one here is that we can actually measure this and know, do you need vitamin D? So you wanna have your vitamin D levels above 50 to protect yourself the greatest that you can going into the flu season. Those who have a vitamin D level below 40 um, are two and a half times more likely to get an upper respiratory infection. And then the last one is vitamin C. So vitamin C can do all kinds of great things. It can reduce your chances of getting the flu. It can reduce your symptoms when you do get the flu. And it can reduce the amount of days that you're sick by three days. Remember, Tamiflu was about half of a day. So that's really effective and it's super, super safe. There's no negative side effects of taking vitamin C. Other than if you take too much and then your gut doesn't absorb it, then you'll have you know, your gut wants to get rid of it. Um, so the vitamin C dosing starts at 300 milligrams um, and then you can go up to one to two grams if you're, you know, if you're a doctor approved or your healthcare practitioner. And that's the high dosing for if you actually are sick or think that you're like definitely coming down with symptoms to try to get over as quickly as possible.